faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourself, pick up your blood clot self. <laughs> this is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast, and I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at the Pum Pum Chronicles Pod. You can also follow my personal page for you know a little bit of different content. That, of course, is badass underscore Jones underscore. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do that in one of two ways. You can either email me at the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com or you can hit the call in line, leave me a message, send me a text. That number, you can all, yeah, you can leave a message. <laughs> I was going to do my usual rant, but I will, I will let it, I will let it go. I'm going to choose peace today, not violence. So uh, that number, of course, is 320-270-1086. Um, you can find the podcast streaming on all platforms where podcasts can be heard, including but not limited to Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. Um, you know, for the past few episodes that I've recorded, I always feel like there's something that I'm missing in, in terms of just telling you my information, but you know, when you click on the tabs or you go to any of my social media, you should find what you're looking for. Um, I've recently put out merch, uh, both for the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast and for that badass Jones kid. Uh, so of course the links are in my bio. There are other links as well to my OnlyFans. Um, I've started to go fund me for a training program that I want to take, uh, you know, appreciate the support and anyone who has already donated, anyone who intends to donate, I appreciate you. So there are a couple of different things there. Anyhow, I hope that everyone is well, man, these are some crazy, crazy, crazy ass times that we're living in. Um, so for those of you who know, I'm currently in Canada and we've been experiencing intermittent lockdowns. I think since the pandemic started and, and this is definitely not what the episode is about, but just kind of, you know, talking about some social things uh, for the time being. So we've been, we've been in a pandemic now for over a year globally. Um, Canada in and of itself, since the pandemic started, I think this is the fourth lockdown that we're going into. We just came out of one from the beginning of the year. Um, so in a couple of days, we're going on uh, into a full lockdown for uh, about a month. And and so for us, the lockdown is, you know, all the gyms are going to be closed. Restaurants in, in, rest, in restaurant dining is, is still not a thing. Um, you can still pick up and have delivery. Um, golf courses are open. And somebody had asked me why, you know, like why aren't all those kinds of things closed? But really and truly, when you're on a golf course, it, it's you and nature. It's you and your clubs, the universe, whichever God you pray or do not pray to, and nature, you know? Uh, I don't know if they're going to restrict it that way where you can't be out with other people on the green, or if you do, you have to be, you know, you do social distance regardless with with golf, with golf golfing. Um, the only thing I could see being an issue is people riding in golf carts together. That would be the only thing. So it is what it is. Um 
let's see, retail stores are, are closed for the most part. I think 80% of retail stores are closed, except of course the big conglomerate chains like uh, Walmart, which is, you know, which is funny to me because it's like, they're not allowing small businesses to operate or make money, which is threatening people's livelihood and survival. Uh, but they're allowing the bigger companies to stay in business, which I get, but some of these smaller businesses should be deemed as essential as well. Like it's just bizarre to me, but um, anyhow, so yeah, this is, this is getting, this is getting tiring now. Like I was, I was good for a while, but I'm, I feel like I want to rebel. <laughs> like I feel like I need to figure out how to get to the States and just kind of um, gallivant and, and hotel and couch surf and goodwill uh, search for, for people that I know who would be willing to put me up and accommodate me. Cause yeah, I can't uh, sitting still for a year has definitely now, mind you, I didn't because I did go to Jamaica twice. Last year, I went to Jamaica in July uh, for two weeks. And then I went home for my birthday in November for a month. So I can't really complain and say that I, I had to sit still, but um, I haven't been able to, 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 no, I'm lying again. Oh my goodness me. Boy, I'm a top here on truth on this one. I also went to uh, New York for my girlfriend's wedding in August of last year. Okay, so July, <laughs> July was Jamaica, August was New York, and then November was Jamaica. And then also in July, we took a quick, a quick trip out east, um, out to Nova Scotia, albeit that's still in Canada. Yeah, okay, so I, I'm, I didn't really sit entirely still last year, but I feel like things are, um, things are definitely a lot different. They have put monetary measures in place to make it more difficult for people to travel. Uh, the U.S. now requires a COVID test, which our government is now charging $200 for if it is not work or health related. If it's for travel purposes, because you decide you're going to be a hard head and, and not listen and go wherever you want to go. Um, and the, that country requires a COVID test. They're charging $200 for it uh, to get into the U.S. <laughs> then the craziest thing is coming back into Canada. And I feel like I've talked about this before, but, you know, excuse me for being redundant. Um, so coming back to Canada, they require a PCR test which the U.S. charges 250 USD for. And if anyone knows anything about the exchange rate, that equals maybe about $320 Canadian. Um, and then, and then, <laughs> once you get to the Canadian side of the border in the Canadian airport, you're required to do a COVID test there, for which you are then required to stay at one of their designated hotels for up to three days awaiting your results at your expense. And some of these fucking places, they don't have no, no kind of empathy and they're charging up to $1,000 a night. They can charge you up to three nights stay if you decide to leave after the first day. If you test positive. <laughs> now, so you hear me, right? So after you've paid for your PCR test to show at the at, in the US border at the airport to allow them to let you on the plane to come to Canada, once you're in the Canadian airport, you now have to do another COVID test, which doesn't cost you anything, mind you, but you have to quarantine at a hotel of their choosing on your dime for up to three days. If you test positive for some reason between leaving America and coming to Canada, you're, you're the virus mutate inside of your body on the plane. And for some reason you get to the Canadian airport, sorry, not even, yeah. So for some reason you get to the Canadian airport, you do the test, you stay here three days, you pay up your money at the people them hotel, and your test comes back uh, positive, you then have to do the remainder of your quarantine in the people's hotel at your dime. 
even if you live someplace. So it's not like I can leave and come to my house and quarantine for the rest of the time. You have to stay in the in, in the facility. You have to stay in the hotel. It's it's just crazy. I understand it because they can't force people to take the vaccine. They can't yet. They can't force people not to travel. All they can do is, you know, the bullshit that they're doing to make it more unpalatable for people to travel. Am I going to spend $500 to do COVID tests to go to America and come back? Absolutely not. If I'm going to spend that kind of money to do a COVID test, I'm staying in I'm staying in the US for 6 months. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna get married and stay in the U.S. <laughs> That's just fucking crazy. You know what I mean? So, hi, yeah. But um, outside of that, yeah, I I think I'm really gonna be planning my next. Um, like, okay, I know I joked about it, but really and truly, my desire to come to the states, like to to do at, at least one event, because it seems that the states is a little bit more free up in terms of that um and not to say that I don't give a fuck because people close to me have gotten COVID uh a very good uh, uh, not a very good friend sorry my son's co-worker 28 years old is currently on life support because of this fucking thing and he had he got the variant you know what I mean so it's not even just the regular COVID that we have to worry about with the one flu vaccination that they created for that particular strain, there is a mutated strain that is deadlier than, and, but that's the way that these things go. So it's like, they can't yet force people to take the vaccine. They can strongly suggest it, but then it doesn't protect you against anything really. Cause even all, when you get the vaccine, you could still get COVID. It just won't kill you. Like, man, I don't know this. Like I said, we are living in some strange times, you know, maybe because we've, we, when I say we, I mean globally, most people. Um, and, and and granted, I get it that it's not everybody, but we as the world, we have fucked up the world. We have fucked up our planet. We've done bullshit that we're not supposed to do, creating diseases that we're not supposed to. We have no business creating. And you know what I mean? Like testing things that we have no business testing. And 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 this is where this is where we are, you know. So it's like the only the only people that we can blame are ourselves or the people that we can blame are the powers that be because they have more money and they're the ones who control things but wickedness lives wickedness is really out there and people <sighs> boy anyhow i'm i'm going off on a tangent so let me behave myself Posse, i hope everybody is good i hope that your loved ones are safe i hope that you all are safe um, you know, and, and doing the best that you can. And I know I always say this, but take time with yourself and go slow with yourself because these are some stressful times that we, we're in. We are social creatures. We are not meant to be in isolation. We are not meant to be alone, you know? And it, it's funny because even the introverted people, even the people that say that they love being alone and they don't mind after a year of being pretty much in social isolation and not really being able to do anything, even when you don't want to do anything, but just not being able to at all, it's affecting everybody right now. So, you know, practice self-care, practice self-love, take time with yourself in those moments and on those days where you're just not feeling up to it. Even if you have to do it, push yourself, know that it's okay to not feel like you're not okay. And I know sometimes, you know, it's not a matter of just being able to not do anything, but if you have a family to provide for, you have yourself to provide for and all these things, I'm just saying, don't beat yourself up about it because it's been a long year. March to March, it's been a long year. So go easy with yourself and take time with yourself. 
So questions, questions, questions. I am here to answer some questions. A lot of his mercy. Um, there's one that I wanted to answer, but I want to do that last because I'm still, <laughs> I'm still giving some thought to it. And, and I don't want to choose like trivial things to tell you guys about me. I want to make sure that not necessarily that they're juicy things, but just interesting things that I wouldn't necessarily share with anybody because of embarrassment of these things. So um, this question has been asked to me before. I can't even remember how long ago, a couple of years well, but I'm going to answer it anyway. So the question is, do you, AJ, do you date outside your race? Um, so I have dated outside of my race uh, in past in my younger years, because, you know, I love to tell you guys I'm an old lady. In my younger years, I have dated uh, a young man that was Italian like 100% Italian. And then I dated a young man who was uh, Japanese. Uh, he was Japanese and Caucasian mix. Um, oh my goodness. Absolutely beautiful. He used to, he, he used to wear his hair. He would say like, uh, like a samurai. So his hair was really long and he had it uh, pulled up into that. I guess we call it a man bun. I, I got to figure out what the actual right name is for that. But yeah, I, I can't even say his name because he's well known, um, but he's just absolutely beautiful. So I have dated outside of my race in my younger years. Um, as I've gotten older, as I got older, I had made a decision with myself that I only wanted to date black men, you know, to be true to my race, to be true to my culture, to be true to my ethnicity, to be true to my heritage. Um, and just to being true to myself as a black woman, I, I, I without any offense, to anyone else there is nothing nothing all when you guys are just yo all when you guys act crazy when you when you don't eat, and I'm not gonna put any <laughs> negativity into it but there is nothing singularly nothing as beautiful as a black man period um I think it's it's one of the reasons why other races clamor so much for our men because I, okay, so this, oh my God, maybe it's going to get me in hot water, but I saw life go. So this, this is my opinion. There are beautiful men from other races, but it, it's not like en masse, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, if a woman, if a woman upgrades to a, a black woman, a, if a black woman dates a black, a white man, you never really see her dating an unattractive or you never see her really dating a black man, a white man, excuse me, where other people wouldn't be like, damn, he good looking. Where even other black men would be like, okay, I can understand it, right? Whereas with, you know, white women, they'll take the fucking downgrade. They'll, they'll take the downgrade on a black man. And yes, I know. But... On a whole, when you look at black men, their stature, the complexion of their skin, the different skin tones that they come in, you know, for the ones who like to groom, the ones who have the beards, the ones who have the bald head, the locks, the the afro, the, the, the fade, the waves, the, the, the whatever the combinations are that they come in. Like there's, there's so much beautiful variety in black men visually that you just don't see in any other culture, in any other race. 
and, and, and on no disrespect, white people, white men, they're just white. There are good looking white men. There are gorgeous white men, but they're just white. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there's no variety of whiteness in their complexion. And yes, black and white are constructs and blah, 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 blah. But just for the sake of conversation, right? White skin is just white. Unless they tan, and that's kind of like temporary non-whiteness. But, you know, white people are just white, you know? Asian people, East Asian, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, um, and so on, they, they, their skins are just the paler, it's just one shade, I don't want to. I don't want to say they're white. They're, they're, their skin tones are closer to being not like ours, but they're just one shade. You understand what I'm saying? I know when you get into like the Philippines, they come in variety of caramels to a little bit darker, right? But and then South Asians, South Asians, Indians, Bengalis, um, Gujaratis, so on. So South Asian people, because their skin tones and complexions are more like us, even though they don't identify. As black people, they identify as brown people, but specifically talking about black people, African heritage peoples. Yes, none of the semantics in between. We are the most visually diverse people on the planet. And I love seeing black men. Like looking at a black man and smiling for no reason, not my man, could be any man. You know, even when I'm on social media and there's a, a stream of, of black men in my social media feed, you know, in, in the, um, the search, in the search area, it just, it make it, I smile. <laughs> like there's nothing more visually appealing in the opposite sex than a black man. Would I date outside my race? I would. There are a lot of things that I would have to consider in doing that. Um, but my preference will always be black men. With that being stated, of course, um, at this stage in my life, I am open to dating men of other cultures and other races. Um, of course, there'd be a vetting process, you know, much like with anyone else that I date, because, you know, it's not just about, it's never just about dating the person because ultimately you end up dating their family as well. You know, if, if, if anyone thinks that you, they'll be dating in isolation, it, it's just not, unless that person doesn't have family, you're dating that person's family as well, because eventually you're going to, you know, meet the parents, meet the siblings, meet the cat, the dog, the neighbors, the cousins, the whomever. Um, so part of it too, for me is important if I'm dating outside of my race to understand, like, okay, so it's weird, right? Like it, there are difficulties in dating people who are of, different cultural experiences and different cultural backgrounds within the black community. So me being a woman of a direct Caribbean descent, having been born in the Caribbean, dating a, a black Canadian or a black American is still a very different experience, but the common out, the common ground of course, is that we're, we're black. So there's an automatic shared, uh, shared ex- experience, but even that's still very different. So now put into the mix that this person is not even black and there's certain things that they may not understand. And then looking at their family history and where they, they come from. So, you know, of course, like I said, there's a vetting process, much like with anyone else that I would date. Um, but I, I'm, I'm less closed off to it. What's more important to me now, as corny as it sounds, is the content of a person's character. Um, you know, just knowing what they stand for, knowing what they're about. Do they have ambitions? You know, because there are, there are, are 
<laughs> black men who are not for nothing you know and, and standing alone on the fact that the person is black it just it's not enough anymore will i always give preference and give way to beautiful black kings absolutely but if someone comes along who moves my spirit moves my soul and they happen to not be black or they happen to not be brown um i'm, I'm no longer closed off to to, to an immediate no i'm not going to bother it just doesn't make any sense right um the person that's for you may not come packaged the way that you think that they should it's it's the same thing as holding on to um our type you know sometimes holding on to your type sabotages you and fucks you out of you know good relationships or good interactions with people i i tell this story regularly like i've dated somebody that was five foot five because and you guys know them super duper tall at five foot six he was either five foot four or five foot five even when i thought i was five foot seven he was still a couple inches shorter than me but the point is you know even though we ended up splitting up for different reasons like i i let go of the stereotype of of being with somebody who was like you know six foot four and looked a particular way or whatever the case may be um sometimes we we sabotage ourselves by being locked mentally into one idea of who we're supposed to date um again the important things to me is you know how that person's family stays in terms of their biases am i gonna have to hear nigger bitch whispered you know when i go to a family function or a family uh barbecue am i gonna you know walk past the kitchen and hear a conversation but like man i wonder what that black pussy feels like you know his cousins or his brothers are in the kitchen like <laughs> but you know what i mean right those kind of things is is more what would be of concern and how he handles that how he deals with those things how he deals with those people does he put them in check or does he just kind of brush it off to be like oh that's just my family it's not like you and i'm not expecting him to fight his family but if he's not even willing to check the people around him about their bullshit but wants to love me and and that for me would be a problem. So I would date outside my race, but there would just have to be certain things that I know are going to go on um, in terms of that person and my interaction with them and, and my interaction with the people around them. And and also their interaction with people, you know, around me. Like one thing, <laughs> one thing that I, I and I'm, uh, let me, let me just say, I'm trying to be nice. I've, I'm better at accepting it now but it's still irritating when I hear people try to like talk to talk to say talk Jamaican, right? When I hear people try to speak, try to speak Patswa, like on a regular basis when they're engaging with me, that's just, that shit's just fucking weird to me. You know, like I get like the one, two jokes and stuff like that. And you know, but I just, I can't like my, one of my best friends, her husband, anytime I see him, it's always like, wah, guan, and, you know, like, he always, tr- and I'm like, guy, you sound like you're Irish, or, like, <laughs> and I tell him regularly, like, don't, don't do it, just, just be regular, man, I don't even speak Patwa all the time, like, why are you, every time you see me speaking Patwa, it's, yeah, so, oh my goodness me, so things like that, like, would be annoying, I get the one, two jokes, like I said, and you're, you know, you're running jokes, but, but if you're with me, and you're around my people, and you're trying to talk Patswa, instead of just trying to, like, speak like a regular somebody, that, those kind of things, nah, so, and that, like I said, that's with non-Caribbean, non-Jamaican people that I find that irritating, so could you imagine me, like, with somebody who's white, and they're doing that shit, like, I know people think that when, um, uh, Chet Hanks does it, that it's cute, it's not, 
I don't care. I know some, because I've seen women be like, oh, you know, why is everybody so mad about it? Because I know they look at him because he's a good looking white dude. They're willing to give him a blight. Let it be anybody else. They'd be cussing and carrying on crazy and they wouldn't be impressed with it. But that, that shit. <laughs> Anyways, so the, the, the long answer to a very short question is yes. At this stage in my life, I am definitely more open to dating um, men outside of my race to date. Um, yeah. Oh, AJ, <clears throat> excuse me. Do women sabotage themselves by telling a man everything that they're looking for in a man? If a woman goes on a date with a man and he asks her, what are you looking for in a man? Should she tell him everything that she's looking for? Ab, so fucking lutely not. Listen, people who want to jump in your jaws will do anything possible to jump in your jaws. People will morph themselves. Let me stop saying people, men. Men will morph themselves to get into you just to get into you. And I'm not saying all men. This is not a this is not a man bashing session. I'm not saying all men, but there are definitely some men who do that for the express purpose of getting in the express purpose of wooing you, getting to the prize, getting to the goal, which is, you know, usually between your thighs. I'm just saying, is every man like that? Absolutely not. Are a lot of men like that? Absolutely. I've I've talked to men where <laughs> and this is just conversation on the phone where, you know, they'll say, oh, they're not into this. They're not into that. They're not trying to get married. They're not looking at settling down. You know, they're content with their life. They're not trying to make no more kids and this, that, and the third. And so when they say to me, so I let them do all the talking first so I can hear what they have to say, right? Because you have to circle back to that. Then when I when they say to me, you know, like, what are you looking for in a relationship? And I say to them, and this may not necessarily be true, but if I say to them, oh, you know, I'm looking to get married, like in the next five years, I'm looking to, you know, find somebody that's compatible with me so I can build a life with them. You know, um, I would love to have another child. I don't, um, you know, and I say all the things opposite of what they're saying, just to hear how they're going to rally back from their talk because they start to feel like they're losing an opportunity to fuck or they're losing an opportunity to get to know me. So then it becomes, oh, well, you know, with the with the right woman, you know what I mean? With the right woman, I would definitely think about settling down and getting married. With the right woman, if she wanted to, I would really think about maybe having another child. But again, it has to be with the right. So you, you understand where I go, right? So he's trying to he's trying to tap back his chat, but knows he can't tap back the chat because I already heard it. But now he's trying to to go back and 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 preface it, but you can't because you done said what you already said, you know. And to me, like I look at I look at those kinds of things, but we as women we sometimes give up too much in our conversations, right? <clears throat> Men will adapt to what it is that you're looking for in a man even when they don't have any good intentions towards you. Because my thing is, every man should already come equipped with whatever it is that they're bringing. It shouldn't be, let me pick up things along the way. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you know you have no desire to have children, 
but you know the woman that you're dating or the woman that you're talking to wants to have kids, don't all of a sudden pick up in your talk that, you know, I, I would I I would seriously consider maybe having another child if I was with the right woman, if I met the right woman. You know good and goddamn well you don't want no more picnic. You want to bust juice inside her all day long. If she gets pregnant, you're looking at her taking the plan B or you're hoping that she's already on the pill so you don't have to worry about how much cum you dump inside of her. Like, honestly, it sounds crazy what I'm saying. I know, but I would... I. I would rather you be honest and stick to your guns and stick to what it is. See, because at that point now, if we're having conversation and you start to switch up your chat, I'm just going to fucking toy with you because I can't take anything seriously that you that you say, right? But that's, this is our own fault as well because we give up too much information about what we're looking for instead of just taking our time and pacing ourselves and watching the actions of that person and mentally vetting them to see whether or not they could be a good fit for us, whether or not they could be the potential person that you want to settle down with and, and make babies with and build a life and build a family with, right? I feel like, honestly, in the first few months of dating, in the first three months of dating, conversations about marriage shouldn't happen because there are so many more important things to worry about. What is that person's mental health like? What is their emotional state like? What is it truly like? Because at three months of dating somebody, you should start to get a really good sense of who the person is and any mask or facade that they've put on should start to crumble and fall to the wayside and you'll hear certain things or catch on to certain things or they'll double talk themselves or whatever the case may be. In the first three months of dating, stop fucking focusing on the long-term goals. Get past the three months first and see whether or not you're even really compatible with that person or if it's just your hormones. Whether or not you're overall compatible or if your pum pum is just compatible. Take the first three months to vet whether or not this is somebody that you should go forward with past three months. But no, we're so busy thinking about, oh my God, look at his eyes. I would love to make some babies with him. Oh my God, you know, I love the way that he carries himself. I've seen the way that he interacts with his children. He would be such a great husband. How the fuck do you know that? How do you, oh my God, he fucks so amazing. Could you imagine waking up to this every morning? Yeah, waking up to some good dick and some head, good head or some good pum pum eating every morning would be lovely. But if that's a man that's going to turn around and beat your ass behind every time he fucks you, is that somebody that you really want to be your husband? You understand what I'm saying? We are in, we as women <clears throat> are in such a rush to find a man, to find the man, to find our husband, to find our baby father, to find whoever for us to spend that eternity with that we're, we're fast tracking ourselves to a quick end. I, I really feel like if there was, if there was a way to, so I watched, uh, I watched a movie on, um, there's a series called Black Mirror on Netflix and I can't remember what the episode is, but one of the episodes is where people, it, it's it's about dating. And everyone gets this, this timer. And the timer determines how much time you're going to spend dating a person so you can get to know the person. And it varies. It could be six days up to two years. Two, I think two years was the longest that I saw. Three, maybe I'm lying. Maybe it was, it was a year. Let's say it was 365 days. So the shortest was like, let's say six days to 365 days. But in that time frame, right? You're not really talking so much about marriage and stuff like that because that's, that's a conversation that's not allowed. But what you're focusing on is getting to know the person, getting to know their intimate habits, their sexual habits, their hygiene habits, their, um, what all these, whatever it is, all these things about them. And then at the end of that time, 
there's this gigantic computer that you know plugs in all the numbers plugs in all the, the 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 interactions and everything that they've recorded to see whether or not you're truly compatible with that person or whatever it's a little weird yes but the point is i wish there was a way or a system in place where people who are dating or people who are looking for a spouse a mate a significant other a long-term companion somebody to settle down with if there was a way where in that first three months that nothing could happen in terms of conversations about marriage, children, building a future together or any of that long-term stuff. And where all they could do was focus on the three months of getting to know the person and determining if this was somebody that they could really see themselves going into month four with. Without there being any sort of ill feelings, without, you know, people feeling like they wasted their time and all this kind of stuff. I really feel like that first three months is paramount. And we as women, we get sidetracked in thinking about you know, all the euphoric ways that we feel about the person in the first three months and how we could see that in the long term. Everyone lives in the bubble of euphoria from day one up to the six month mark. It's that it's the honeymoon phase. It lasts a little bit longer because then you want to you want to try to transition into, you know, a lifetime phase. But there are so many people that I have seen who have met, fallen in love, gotten engaged fallen out of love, broken up in six months. We need to stop trying to turn the honeymoon phase into the marriage long-term phase and recognize that it's the honeymoon phase and use that phase as the vetting phase to whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with this person. Everything is fucking wonderful in the first six months. You're always happy to see that person, even when you're, you're starting to get annoyed because you're starting to pick up on things that you don't like. You're always wanting to fuck and be in, on top of, around, surrounded by that person, even when you start to see traits that, that you don't like or that annoy you, because you're in the honeymoon phase, right? Again, Maybe not the full six months, but at least the first three months of dating, spend time vetting the person. Spend time really focusing on getting to know the person, not about what your long-term goals are. So when he says, what are you looking for in a man? You know, stick to the things like someone who has, you know, good communication skills or someone who's at least willing to work on communicating and comprehending. You know, someone who is ambitious and not in the type of way that you're, you know, trying to like kick people off the off the ladders they're trying to climb up to, but that you have goals in life, that type of ambition. You know, someone who is loving, someone who is kind, someone who what whatever it is, but but narrow down the criteria so that it doesn't include someone who wants to get married, someone who wants to have children and all this kind because I promise you, if you tell a person that, they'll tell you all the fucking wonderful things that you want to hear in order to get into your jaws. For some people, maybe fucking is not the goal, for, but for most people who are dating, when there's that physical attraction, especially when there's that sexual attraction, you get sidelined by fucking. Take the first three months to vet the person and end yourself. Stop carrying your feelings in your pum pum. Focus on what you're supposed to focus on. Get to know the person and then make a decision about how much more you want to tell them in terms of what you're looking for. 
because at least by the three month mark, you have a better sense of who they are. You will have spent a little bit more time with them. And then you can talk, start to talk to them about how do you feel about marriage? What are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about blended families or having more children? What are your thoughts about that? He'll either stay for the conversation because you guys will have, you know, probably been intimate by this point. He'll either stay for the conversation or he'll run from the conversation. Either way, you'll see more of his true self without him trying to pretend to be what it is that you're looking for. You will see more of his true self and better, be better able to make an informed decision. We need to come out of our head with this idea that we're wasting. Now, granted, there are people who are going to waste your time and there are people who aren't about shit, but I guarantee you. If you spend time in that first three months vetting them and not focused on the long term with them, you'll know whether or not you should stop talking to that person, right? You have to spend time in order to know whether or not you need more time or want more time. You can't waste your time because you you understand what I mean? Like there there should never be a, a thing that, oh, well, you wasted your time in getting to know the person. You have to spend time to get to know the person to know that you don't want to know more about them. Hopefully that made sense. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's always going to be a hit or miss. You could start talking to somebody and think they're the greatest thing since, since sliced bread. And four months in, you decide you don't want to talk to that person anymore. But you're not going to know that unless you spend the time doing it. Right. So, yes, some of it's going to feel like it's wasting your time, but it's 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 purposeful. It's purposeful. Oh, my goodness me. Um. So recently I had a conversation with someone about them jumping from relationship to relationship without taking time in between to decompress without taking time in between for themselves to just kind of steady their own energy without taking time to unpack the emotional baggage that they added to the baggage that they already had before they started that relationship. Um, I'm not sure why people are so afraid of being alone. I'm not sure why people are so afraid of sitting still. The only thing that I can think is that, you know, there are people who have difficulty Uh, taking responsibility for their actions. There are people who have difficulty with accountability. There are people who have difficulty with looking at themselves. And there are people who are just not willing to take a good hard look at themselves. And I know you've heard, you know, damaged people do damage. And, And I don't think that that's entirely true. If the person has done the work, if they have done you know, if they've started their journey of healing, if they're continually working on healing and getting better, not to be with anybody, but just for themselves. But oftentimes, um, especially in the last year, I've seen a lot of people go from relationship to relationship as though they're in search of something. They're in search of that feeling of happiness, that, that, that feeling of being loved, that feeling of being wanted, that feeling of being needed. And I think sometimes people don't understand how dangerous that could be in terms of always looking for that in somebody else instead of securing those things in yourself. Um, One of the reasons for me that I don't have an issue being alone, spending time by myself, traveling by myself, um, meeting new people and knowing that it's okay to just 
be their friends and, and that you can flirt and have those kind of conversations with, you know, whoever you're attracted to, but not, you know, thinking that, oh my God, tomorrow we're going to be married kind of thing. Um, I've, I've taken time with myself. I've taken time with myself to really and truly think about what it is that I want from my life, but not from another person. What it is that I want from my life from, from myself. What it is that I want for my life from myself. What it is that I want for my life from myself. What am I willing to give to me? And to what lengths am I going to ensure that I have those things to give to myself? Making sure that I am emotionally balanced. So within that, knowing that there are times where I'm not going to be the happiest person, but I can't sit sullen and not communicate that to people around me who love me because then they're not going to know how to deal with it. So my motto is I'm going to help you help me in giving you the tools to know how to deal with me. Because a lot of times people get into themselves and, and, you know, they're feeling bad they're emotionally upset and they take it out on everybody or they just shut themselves away from everybody without explaining. And when they come out of it, they still haven't explained. And so you, you leave people wondering, questioning, and what ends up happening is now people don't want to fuck with you because you're moody, because you're miserable, because you don't talk, because you don't let somebody help you. All these things, right? I've, I've learned to stop doing that and learn to let people in to the extent of letting them know, hey, today's not a good day for me. This is what I'm going through. This is what I need. I'm going to take some space. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So that they're not left hanging in the wind, right? What am I willing to give to myself so that I'm, I can be a better person and not with somebody, but just for and about myself? People who jump from relationship to relationship are searching for something and they're trying to find it in another person instead of finding it for themselves within themselves first and giving it to themselves first and then having somebody else as the added or the bonus. There should never be a statement that comes out of somebody's mouth that says you complete me to another person because there should never be another person that completes you. You should complete yourself. You should be working on completing yourself or you should come as a completed person and that person is a bonus or an adage to your life. They're the cherry on top. They're the, the whipped cream. They're the icing. There should never be another human being that completes you because that denotes that there's a part of you that's missing and that is your responsibility to fix, not somebody else's. Giving that burden to somebody else, that, it's It's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do to another human being to give them the burden of making you happy, of completing your existence. That responsibility is yours and yours alone. When I see people who jump from relationship to relationship, seeking that euphoric feeling, looking for somebody to love them, looking for someone for them to give them their love to, Britta, sister, my good friend, give that love to yourself. Spend time focusing on making yourself a better person. People are always going to be there to date. You know, you're always going to have a crush on someone. There's never going to be a shortage of, of people in the dating world. There just never is going to be because there are almost 8 billion people on the fucking planet. It's, it's impossible. 
But you have a lot of people who are not settled in their spirit, people who are not settled in their soul, people who don't even know what it is that they truly want. They just know that they want somebody to share their life with. Why? Do you even know why? It's it, Like I said, it's just strange to me. People who are afraid to, to sit still, people who are afraid to spend time alone, you need to. You know, spend time with yourself. You should never leave from someone else jumping from relationship to relationship, even if you're emotionally checked out from the relationship that you were in. Even if you're emotionally checked out because that relationship is healthy and in in that time you started talking to someone who made you feel better while you were still, that's even worse. While you're still in a relationship, you're talking to somebody that's making you feel better about the shitty relationship you're in. Of course, that's going to happen because that person has a desire to be with you. So they're going to be the good guy. They're going to be the good girl. They're going to be the nice one and say all the right things and say all the things that you need to hear. Instead of maybe saying to you, you need to sort out that relationship and do what it is that you're doing or not doing and figure out your situation. And then once you've done some work with yourself and spend some time with yourself, then we can talk about dating. And it's not to say that you have to not be friends with that person, but again, you need to spend time with yourself. It, and then there, and then there are people I want to say to them, like, weren't you just in a relationship like, like two weeks ago with somebody else? Man, like I said, the amount of people I see on my timeline that in a six month period, they have fallen in love, gotten engaged, fallen out of love. Now they're unengaged, no longer talking to that person, no longer following that person. And they're six months. That, that's, (laughs) that's just too much. So anyways, my words, my words of wisdom and my words of advice, stop jumping from relationship to relationship, looking for something, find yourself. It may sound cliche, but find yourself, spend time with yourself sit quietly with yourself ask yourself the hard questions that you don't want to ask and look at yourself in a way that you don't want to figure out what it is that you're seeking and figure out how to give that to yourself if it is that you're looking for love you need to figure out how to give yourself love if it is that you're looking for joy you need to figure out the things that make you happy that are not in another person and by no means, this means that you have to be, I know, you know people are saying like, take a period of celibacy. I, I would never suggest that. You know what I mean? If you, if you feel like being celibate would help further you getting in touch with yourself, then by all means do that. Sex absolutely complicates matters. Sex absolutely blurs lines with people. Uh, you know, sometimes people can't figure out the difference between just having good sex and, and thinking that they should be with that person. Nah, Britta. <laughs> sometimes it's just a good fuck. And, and that's what it is. Um, but spend time with yourself. I, I can't I can't stress that enough. Spend time with yourself. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna stay long. Um this is this is this is the the question that I, I avoided at the beginning, but now I'm 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 to it. And I'm not sure what prompted this. <laughs> Actually, I know what prompted this person to ask because I made a video where I was just showing my eyes because I'd just eaten. And I was saying like, when I'm at home by myself, I eat like a savage. I knew I would never eat that way in public because it's just <laughs> it's just disrespectful the way that I deal with food when I'm by myself. But I think that's where the, the question stems from. So it's, what are your top five bad habits? Three, um, housewives or that you do at home and two, sexual or relationship-wise. So 
Um, my three, <laughs> my three bad habits, my three household habits. Um, the way, the way that I brush my teeth. So, you know, like when you see commercials, <laughs> toothpaste commercials, and people brush their teeth in such a neat way, like the toothpaste doesn't come out of their mouth, it doesn't come out on the sides, it's not dribbling nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I've tried doing that, and I just feel like my mouth is not being cleaned properly. I feel like when, when I'm brushing my teeth, like my mouth has to be open. So I'm usually hunched over the sink with, you know... I use two types of toothpaste at the same time. Yeah, it's weird because you don't need that much toothpaste. So I use like a baking soda toothpaste and I use a charcoal toothpaste. Again, I'm enough, I'm extra, yes, whatever. And I'm hunched over the sink with my mouth open and I'm literally brushing my teeth. I usually I usually take, I know like people brush their teeth really quickly, but I always remember this rule from when I was a kid that you have to spend two minutes on the top and two minutes on the bottom. So I actually do that. It's weird. I count in my head. It's weird. So <laughs> I'm hunched over the sink. My mouth is open. And if you're standing there watching me, all you're seeing is like streams of saliva and toothpaste dripping out of my mouth, down my chin, on my hand, you know, into the sink while the water's running. I, on the outside of my body watching that, I, I think it looks disgusting, but you know, it is what it is. But that's one of my bad habits. I can't brush my teeth with my mouth closed because I feel like my mouth is not being clean. And so it looks really messy and disgusting. If I stand up, it's just toothpaste and saliva dripping down my face, dripping down my chin. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's one of my household bad habits. Now, mind you, if I know that I'm going to be in the company of another person where they're either staying overnight or I'm staying overnight with them and I'm happy to use happen to use their bathroom or we're at a hotel and, you know, using the, the hotel's bathroom, I, I brush my teeth in the, the commercial TV type of way. Just in case. They come in the bathroom and we're not at a stage yet where I can show them the savagery <laughs> or let them, let them bear witness to the savagery. So I brush my teeth like the commercial people them. And then, you know what I mean? Like I'll deal with that for as much time as we spend together. And then of course, when I go home, I'm back to my regular routine of brushing my teeth with my mouth wide open, you know, to get all the cracks and crevices and creases in all 32 of the, the pearly whites. So um, that's, that's number one that I can think of. Uh, second bad habits, household. <laughs> I have difficulty throwing away food. So my daughter is in culinary school and she brings home, um, you know, things that they've, they've, they've cooked. And so I try to try everything because she always asks for feedback. And of course, because, you know, it's school. Things aren't really always seasoned and all them kind of things. So she just wants feedback like on the texture, the taste and, and all this kind of stuff. And so like I'll collect the, th I'll try a little bit of everything and say that, oh yeah, I'm going to eat that tomorrow. And then two weeks later, the container is still in the fridge and I feel bad for throwing it away. I know at this point it's spoiled and I can't eat it, but I feel bad for throwing it away. And so what I do is like I pile everything into a container and shove it at the back of the fridge where it can freeze. And then I collect <laughs> I collect. I know it sounds like hoarders and it sounds crazy, but at the end of the month, I'll dump all the containers in the compost, um, you know, when she's asleep and then I'll put them out. So yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a crazy, that's a crazy household habit for me. Um, another one is, um, not wearing socks. I don't know if that's a weird one. 
I never wear socks in the house. I don't care whose house it is. I don't wear socks. I don't wear socks and I don't wear shoes when I'm inside. Uh, when I used to go to my mother's house, that would send her crazy because I leave footprints all over the floor and it would, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't do the socks thing. If you live somewhere where you require me to wear socks inside your house, I'm not coming. <laughs> if you live somewhere where it requires for me to have slippers on my feet, I'm not coming. Tell me that shit up front, please, and thank you. Because when I get to your house, I'm taking my socks off. My feet are always done. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm gonna like claw up your floor or leave scratch marks on your on your uh, tiles and your or in your marble or on your wood floors. I, I don't have you know. I, anyone who's seen my feet knows my feet are always done. I always have a, a manicure, sorry, a pedicure, um, and that kind of stuff. But I just I don't like wearing socks. So I don't wear socks anywhere that I go. Um, sexual and relationship bad habits. Sexual and relationship bad habits. Um, oh my goodness me. I, I really should have given more thought to these ones. Let's, let's try for a sexual. What is a sexual bad habit? Um, I will get up after we've had sex instead of like laying there, even if the person's still laying there. Like I will get up and sit in the chair. <laughs> If there's a chair in the room, wherever we are, I will get up and go sit in the chair and talk to you. Or um, if there, if it's only a bed in the room, I will get up and sit at the foot of the bed. Like, I don't want to, and you could be the person that I'm fucking in love with. I don't want to lay down. I, I don't want to lay down beside you. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds really bad but I can count on one hand the amount of times I've ever been with somebody whether it's in a relationship or not that I actually want to lay down beside for any length of time I just and and you know I've had people get upset with me like where are you going come lay down I'm like I don't want to yo would you just come lay down like oh my gosh fine you know what I mean and I do it grudgingly and then like I'm laying there thinking to myself why the fuck am I laying here (laughs) so so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I like cuddling. I don't want to give the wrong impression that I'm some kind of like savage beast and ting and ting. I am, but not like that. And it's not like I don't like cuddling. I do. But just to lay there for long periods of time beside somebody hugged up for no reason. I know that there's a reason. Let me not say it like that. But for me, I just, I'd rather sit at the foot of the bed with my feet on the bed looking at you. And if you're like rubbing my feet, then we can stay connected that way. But to just lay scooched up beside you or spooned with you, especially after we just done fuck. No, I'm not. I'm not. I I can't. I can't. I, yeah. Not even that I can't. I don't want to. I don't know what that's about. Maybe, you know, that's, that's the next level of my introspection. But I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I'm really not a fan of it. Um, I'm trying to get better at, at not doing that. So even like the last person that I was with, when he laid down, he's like, come lay with me. I didn't make the noise. I didn't do the fine. Um, I was like, okay. And you know, I got a pillow and I kind of like scooched up beside him, but not, not like too, not too close, but close enough where he could feel like I was there. Um, and it's not even about like feeling hot and icky. Like it's none of those things. Like, I don't, I don't care about that kind of. I just, yeah, I, I like, you know what? I'm a, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to figure out what that's about. And the next time I do a Love Jones, I'm going to report back to everybody about my findings. 
on why I feel so repulsed by laying next to somebody after everything's been said and done. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay, well, well, I'll worry about that after. Okay, and then the next one, the last one, uh, bad habits, sexual or relationship-wise. <sighs> um, <laughs> if I... If we're, if we're talking, if we're getting to know one another and I message you and you don't respond. Okay. Like, let's say it takes you 10 hours to respond for whatever reason. By the time you respond, even if you explain to me what's happened, you could have been dead in a ditch somewhere and came back to life. The length of time that you've given me to take to respond to me is going to be the length of, yes, petty as fuck, is going to be the length of time that I take to respond to you because I feel slighted. You could come, you could tell me that God came for you, brought you home and said, you know what, it's, it's not your time yet. And you were gone for 10 hours. I'm going to give you a 10 hour wait to respond because I'm petty. Uh, trying really hard not to do that and not to be vexed. And yes, I recognize that people have their lives and people are doing things and sometimes life gets in the way and a person's not always going to be able, but this is my truth. You, you asked, I'm, I'm talking my truth. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, I've, I've gotten significantly better at it because before it wasn't a match time, I would make you sweat for double the amount of time. Um, or I just wouldn't respond for like a couple of days and be like, Hey, you know, I was really busy. Sorry. I didn't get back to you. Blah, blah, blah. But um, that, that is definitely one of my relationship bad habits of feeling like I have to pay you back because I feel like you're being dishonest with whatever it is that you're, and again, you know what I mean? Like, I know like, I've done that to somebody where they went to the hospital and, you know, um, they had fallen and injured their ankle and, and it was like six or seven hours before they responded and I read the message and I waited for six or seven hours before I responded. And they're like, but I seen that you read I'm like, I was, you know, I got busy. And when they explained what happened, I felt really, <laughs> I felt like a total asshole. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying and I've gotten better, but I'm not all the way out of it. Like that pet, that level of pettiness still lives inside of me. So yeah, I don't know if I should have said that one because <laughs> now the secret is out. <laughs> bless up yourself um i've had fun with you guys uh this is the pum pum chronicles podcast hi yeah stay safe sending everyone a big gigantic universal hug sending out love and light and strength and peace i know these times are troubling times you know we're gonna get through them um just, you know, make sure you take care of yourself, love upon yourself, love upon your loved ones, stay connected to people. I know that sometimes it's difficult and, you know, we're trying to get out in little ways that we can. For those of us in the world where we're in complete lockdown, make use of your FaceTime, make use of your video chat, stay connected to people so you don't feel isolated um, and do the things that you can do in, in small ways. If you, there's somebody that you know who has tested negative or somebody that you know that is safe, that you trust, spend time with that person. Um, you know, don't keep yourself in, in complete isolation because it's it's mentally and emotionally detrimental. Um, outside of that, y'all stay up, stay blessed, and we'll talk to you later. I want, I want, let it
Oh, the fear. 